Amazing. Uh, so John's going to bring us the next part of this series, which is on forgive us. But let's pray for him and for ourselves before he does. Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are real and that you are a part of our lives. We thank you that you are a part of this world. And we ask that, that we recognize that afresh today. That as John shares your word, that Holy Spirit, you are, you are convicting, you are speaking, you are revealing more of yourself to all of us listening. And we ask for soft hearts, that our hearts would be good soil to receive everything you have for us today in this Jesus. And we pray for John as he brings the word that he will be reminded afresh of you. He will be reminded afresh of, of how good you are and, and everything the cross has given us and everything that your forgiveness has given us, Jesus. And so we ask that you strengthen him, that you bless him, and we thank you for him, Jesus. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you, Sarah. Well, we're now moving into the last couple of weeks of our Lord's Prayer series, and I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope the Lord has met with you and spoken to you. I think the preaching team has done pretty well preaching on just a couple of words every uh, week. But this morning, I want to jump straight in by reading the whole of the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6. And then I'm going to try and unpack what Jesus is saying when he teaches us to pray for forgiveness. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you open it to Matthew 6 now, otherwise it's going to come up on the screen. And it says this, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive you your sins Sarah started the Lord's Prayer series a few weeks ago with kind of big picture. She said, God as our Father, as Abba, as Daddy, the one who reigns in heaven. And then Phil talked about how we want God's name to be hallowed, God's name to be praised, lifted up, set apart and holy. And then we had Ant talk about God's kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. And in essence, this prayer begins with macro requests, if you like. And then last week, uh, uh, Sarah was talking about our daily bread. And now with me this week talking about forgiveness, this prayer becomes really specific. Jesus thought it was important to teach his disciples, his apprentices, us, that praying for forgiveness should be part of our regular prayer life. And as we look at forgiveness today, I want us to ask four questions. The first question is, why do we need forgiveness? Now, the funny thing I find when it comes to the Lord's Prayer 
is when you go to pray it with a bunch of Christians. And over the whole time we've been doing this series, before we have started the service, the whole of the teams that are here have got into a big circle and we've gone to pray the Lord's Prayer together. And then there's this nervous, twitchy moment during the prayer when it comes to this part where we say, forgive us. And we're all like, oh, what do we say? Should we say trespasses or sins or or debts? And the funny thing is lots of us have memorized this prayer years ago. And it seems that whatever way you learnt this prayer, you kind of just carry with you into adulthood and you still pray it. I always pray the word trespasses in that moment. But let's remind ourselves what these words mean. Sins, trespasses, debts. Sins are immoral acts against divine law. Basically, when we do something outside of God's will. Trespasses, well, to trespass is to enter someone's land without permission, to commit an offense or to cross a line where we weren't supposed to. And a debt, of course, is when we owe something. It's a responsibility that we've not yet met. But these two separate words, trespasses and debts, encapsulate the Aramaic definition for sin. Remember, Aramaic is the language that Jesus would have spoke and his disciples would have spoke. But all three words, sins, trespasses, debts, all speak of why we need forgiveness. Because we've all done things outside of God's best plan for us. We have all sinned. We have all offended others and crossed lines that we shouldn't have. We've all trespassed. And honestly, we all have mountains of debt before a holy God. In the way that we've gone our own way, and as I said a few weeks ago, the way we've lived in the kingdom of selfishness. See, God made us to love him and to love one another, and we have all fallen short. And even if you're watching this today, and you don't believe the Bible, and you're not following the teachings of Jesus If you took a moment to look into your own heart, you'd know that at some point you'd done things, said things, thought things that you shouldn't have. Sins, transgressions, debts is why we all need forgiveness. And it doesn't really matter which one you put into the Lord's Prayer. The second question I want to ask this morning is, what is forgiveness? See, the Bible uses four different words that all translate as forgiveness. And they all have a slightly different slant on the fullness of what this word means. The first biblical description for forgiveness means to cover. It's like a tablecloth. You know, it covers over the table. And when God forgives us, he covers our sins. The next biblical description for forgiveness means that God lifts the stain of sin away. It's like if you've ever spilt red wine on a carpet, you quickly run and get your vanish or whatever you need and you spray it onto the carpet and then you get a cloth and you kind of dab the carpet, don't you? And what we're doing when we're doing that is we're lifting the stain away. And when God forgives our sins, he lifts the stain of sin away. 
The third biblical description for forgiveness means to wipe the record clean. Recently, I decided to give our oven door a clean. And uh, you know what these oven doors are like? It's a piece of glass, and over time, it just gets covered in muck. There's this kind of black, hard goo that just sticks all over this um, oven door. And I remember I took the whole oven door out, and I sprayed it with loads of different things, and I tried to wipe this thing clean, and none of this stuff would come off. And then I found this grey putty paste-looking stuff that Alice had in her secret household cleaning stash. And I put it onto the top of this oven door and I wiped it and all these horrendous marks, they went away in an instant. See, when God forgives us, that's what he does. Even with the most difficult stains of sin in our lives, he wipes the record completely clean. The fourth biblical description for forgiveness means this idea of sending away, this idea of releasing someone from prison or captivity. And that's what God does when he forgives our sin. He sets us free. It's beautiful and wonderful and marvelous. And just for a moment, let's ponder some of the amazing word pictures that the Bible uses to describe God's forgiveness. It is simply breathtaking. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. It's it's not that God can't remember our sin, it's that he chooses not to remember our sin. Isaiah 38 verse 17 says, you have put all my sins behind your back. Micah 7 19 says, you will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Loads of you here will have seen that blue planet or, or planet Earth and seen some of those pictures or that video of looking at the depths of the sea. And God is saying, that's how far our sins have been removed. Incredible. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Well, how far is the east from the west? Well, they don't touch. They never touch. They're infinitely far away from one another. It covers us. It lifts away the stain. It wipes the record clean. It sets us free. That is what forgiveness is. And that is good news. So we know why we need forgiveness. We know what forgiveness is. But the third question is, how often do we need forgiveness? See, Jesus seems to suggest it's going to be a regular prayer. So how often do we need forgiveness? Let's think about this. On one hand, we really need forgiveness once in an ultimate sense. And arguably, the main time we're going to need forgiveness is when we die, when we stand before God. It's clear in Hebrews 9.27 that people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. 
There's no second chances. There's no funny handshakes. There's no amount of money that can buy us the forgiveness we need before a holy God. And we'll all stand before him and have to give an account for our lives. And in that moment, we will really need forgiveness. And that's what Jesus came to give. After Jesus came back from the dead, he told his apprentices, this is what is written, he said, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, Luke 24, 46 and 47. Jesus died and Jesus rose from the dead so that those that would repent, those that would turn from their sin and trust him could experience forgiveness. That's the good news of the gospel. And the good news of the gospel is that in an ultimate sense, our sins are forgiven once and for all by what Jesus has done. Think about the book of Hebrews and how it talks about the Jewish religious system. The priests would offer the same sacrificial animals day after day, over and over again. And ultimately, the blood of bulls and goats offered day after day were not sufficient to take the people's sin away. But Jesus offered himself as a perfect Passover lamb to take away the sins of the world. So how often do we need forgiveness? Well, on one hand, we need it once. We're declared forgiven, declared righteous before God. It's this biblical idea of justification, that in the law court of heaven, we are forgiven. On the one hand, that's all we need. But on the other hand, we need forgiveness continually because God isn't just an impersonal judge who's just sitting up there totting up scores of our good and bad actions. We began this prayer by praying our Father in heaven. And so God is not just this impersonal judge, he's a relational dad. And because we continue to do things that dishonor him, we do things that show we don't trust him and we ignore what he says, we continually need to ask for forgiveness. I mean, take Alice and I. Of course, we never, ever argue. And that's a total lie, isn't it? Of course we argue. We've had some epic battles over the years. But one of the things... We've always done when we've upset one another is we apologize and we ask for forgiveness from each other. And because of that, over the nearly 20 years that we have been together, we have a closeness and a depth of love and relationship that I only believe comes about when we consistently ask for forgiveness from one another. In verse nine here, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. And the word pray here means continuously. It's a present tense word. It means keep praying like this. God, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So how often do we need forgiveness? Honestly, we need forgiveness as often as we sin. 
Because even though our relationship with God is not thrown away, our closeness with God, our fellowship with God, our connection with God is affected when we sin. So we pray and confess our sin and he is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us and welcome us into his loving arms. So we know why we need forgiveness. We know what forgiveness is. Uh, We know how often we need forgiveness. But the last question is, what kind of forgiveness should we expect? Well, the answer to this may be surprising for you. We see it in the second half of verse 12 where it says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So what does this word as mean? Well, as means in the same way. So we could read this verse, forgive us our debts in the same way we also have forgiven our debtors. What we're actually saying here is, God, you deal with me in the same way that I deal with others. And you might say, well, John, hold on a minute. Is Jesus saying that God's relational forgiveness is conditional? It's like how about, it's, it's, it's how we treat other people. And the answer is yes. That is exactly what he's saying here. And maybe you're sitting there saying, whoa, Johnny, I don't know about that. Well, look, this is the only part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus actually elaborates on so that we fully understand this. A couple of verses later, in verse 14, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Then verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying that in the law court of heaven, where we're declared forgiven, we're declared righteous, that somehow we can lose that forgiveness. But what I think he is saying is that unforgiveness affects our closeness with God. If we're unwilling to forgive other people, if we're holding on to bitterness and being harsh and holding resentment towards other people, then we will lose our sense of closeness to God. And church, this is a serious thing. St. Augustine said this, If you pray these words while harboring an unforgiving spirit, you're actually asking God not to forgive you. This really matters. God uses this standard of forgiveness on me that I'm using towards other people. And it's a dangerous prayer if we're we're harboring unforgiveness, harshness, bitterness, or resentment in our spirit. So let me ask you today, are there relationships in your life where you're holding on to bitterness? Are there relationships in your life where you're wishing bad upon another person? Are there relationships in your life where you're trying to get vengeance, you're just trying to get back in some way? If you're in that place, then your intimacy with God will fade if it hasn't actually already. 
You know, I'm believing today that this is going to be a day of breakthrough for some people watching this. This is going to be a day of freedom for some people watching this today. I mean, maybe you're watching this and you've suddenly realized that this is actually the thing that is holding you back. You know, you know you've been holding on to resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness in your heart. And Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Now I know that some of you hearing me say that may have some objections about forgiving a certain person or people in your life and I appreciate that. So let me deal with some of these just very quickly. So you say to me, John, but this person, they just won't own up to their sin. That's the reason that I'm bitter with them. That's the reason that I can't forgive them. They won't own up. They, they don't feel like they've done anything wrong. They kind of have minimized it and they feel like it's no big deal. You say to me, so what about that, John? Well, listen, friends, because this is so important because fellow apprentices of Jesus mess this up all the time. There is a huge difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is a vertical thing. Forgiveness is between you and God. And this forgiveness is unconditional. This forgiveness doesn't matter if the person recognizes that they've done something wrong or admits that they've done something wrong. This is, is, is between you and before the Lord, forgiving the person for what they have done. And this is a matter of obedience we are called to forgive. Remember, God uses the same standard for me that I'm using on others. So in terms of forgiveness, I'm not saying just go and see this person and tell them that you forgive them. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is forgiveness in our hearts and it is before God. And that's different from reconciliation. Reconciliation is horizontal. Reconciliation is between you and the person that has offended you. A relationship has been broken because of the way that you have been treated. And therefore, it is conditional. Reconciliation is not going to fully happen between you and this person unless they do admit what they have done, unless they show genuine remorse. But reconciliation is not a matter of obedience, but more a matter of wisdom. I want to believe that everyone can reconcile to one another, but sadly, I do believe that there are people that should be forgiven before God that we should never reconcile with. And these people are the people who are dangerous, the people who have been toxic, abusive, harmful, controlling, violent towards us. It's hard to say it, but in this broken world, there are people who we shouldn't be reconciled to, but they should be forgiven. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you begin to enjoy that person. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you must now spend time with that person. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're not still negatively affected because of the way you've been treated. Forgiveness is before God and reconciliation 
is before others. You might have another objection and say, John, but they hurt me so bad. They hurt me so deeply. What about that? This person really, really hurt me. Firstly, I want to say to you today, I'm so sorry for the way you've been treated. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And I wish I could change it. But what I want to do today is encourage you. That forgiveness is not saying that what they did was all right. Forgiveness is not saying, oh, well, never mind, that didn't matter. I think some people here, a preacher like me, say, look, you need to forgive this person. And what they think I'm saying is, it's no big deal, or it doesn't really matter. That is not what I am saying at all. You were sinned against. Some of you were significantly hurt or abused or traumatized. Some of you were horribly mistreated. And I want you to hear this. It was wrong. It was wrong. And we should no way minimize that at all. But hear my heart. Honestly, our only hope for freedom, our only hope for healing, is not holding on to bitterness and resentment and revenge, hoping that one day we'll get vengeance. That's not the path to freedom. That's not the path to healing. The path to freedom and the path to healing is forgiveness. If we hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, even when we've been treated really badly, it's almost like shackling ourselves to our abuser. And then we carry the weight of that every single day. God is calling you today. God is challenging you today. God is inviting you today to put this person or these people into his hands. God says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. So before God, will you today start the process of beginning to forgive? Because the only way you can really experience true freedom is to forgive that person. And the last objection might be, John, I just don't have the power to forgive like that. Well, you know what? You're just like the disciples in Luke 17. Jesus tells the disciples they need to forgive and forgive and forgive over and over again. And do you remember their response? They're like, God, we can't forgive like that. You need to increase our faith. And then Jesus goes on to teach them about faith. If you feel right now, you're hearing all of this and you're like, I don't have the power to do this. I want to tell you right now, you don't. You don't have the power to forgive like that because it's a supernatural power that can only be realized once we understand afresh the power behind how God has forgiven us. But we're realizing that we've had a debt against Almighty God that we could never repay. We've re we need to realize we've crossed lines. We've done things over and over again. And it's not just been breaking God's will, it's been breaking God's heart. And despite all of our sin and being enemies of God, in His grace and His mercy, He has welcomed us in. He's cleansed us and He's embraced us. 
And when we remember that kind of forgiveness, that kind of power, only then can we truly forgive others. I wanna end by sharing a very brief story with you about a guy in the US called Botham Jean. Some of you may already know this story. This was a guy that lived in Dallas. He was minding his own business one day in his uh, flat, or in the States, they call it an apartment. And this woman, Amber Geiger, she was uh, a police officer, she was off duty, and she was on her way home. And she ended up in the wrong apartment. She thought she was in her apartment, but she was actually on the wrong floor. And she saw this person in her apartment, and obviously she, she thinks she's in her own apartment, but she's on the wrong floor. She sees this person, she thinks it's an intruder, she pulls out of her gun, and she shoots this guy dead. So tragic for this guy, for his family, for this woman. It's just awful. But what I want you to see this morning is how both and Jean's young brother speaks to this woman, this woman who has killed his brother in the courtroom. Because his name is Brant Jean and he had the opportunity to communicate to her his forgiveness and some reconciliation. Now again, he didn't have to do this. He could have just forgiven her before God, but he does something that is absolutely kingdom stunning. And I think you're gonna see exactly where he's got the power to do this. Watch this video. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes.
say, well, how could you extend that kind of grace? How could you extend that kind of love? How could you extend that kind of kindness? It's only if you know how much you've been forgiven by Jesus. We've got to remember the depth of what he's done for us, that he covers our sin, that he lifts the stain of sin away, that he wipes the record clean. He sends them, he casts them into the bottom of the sea. And church, we must remember what Jesus says to pray this prayer every day. God, forgive me and help me forgive others. Amen.